0: Get stoked. It's 1983, Fox. Oh, Jesus. The fact that we're at number 300 is really upsetting. I love it. Are you kidding? I love it.
1: I love it, too.
0: We're, gonna just, we're burning through, buddy. Yeah, <laughs>
1: just setting them all on fire. Just 40,000 more to
0: read. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, 1,770 or so. But
1: Whatever. I- don't put a number to it, man. <laughs> Anyhow, here we go.
0: young earthlets my name is conrad alongside my friend fox and this is the 92nd episode of space yes, spinner 2000 no, no. That's, that's not even the it's not even the worst milestone we've got this week buddy but this is a podcast where two americans try to make sense of the uk's own galaxy's greatest comic 2000 ad for january 1983
1: Oh my God! It's the new
0: year. This this episode, we're covering Prague's two ninety seven to three hundred, buddy. Oh man! <laughs> it's,
1: it's, we've come a long way to get to the top. I can't believe that we're all caught up on Prague.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all caught up as of uh, thirty five, thirty five years ago. <laughs> oh God. This, uh, this week, Judge Dredd fights The Last Invader, Rogue Trooper goes clubbing, and Harry 20 takes off.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh
0: also, man, us, I, this is yeah, good I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, so starting this episode, I'm also going to try to start listing where you can find these comics. And I'm sorry for not doing this before. Um, I'm mostly going off what's available at like the 2080 Web Store, which usually has, if not at least physical copies, then digital copies as well. Mm. So, it's the problem. Of course, is that it's not is the the problem is that it's not all available as progs, right? Like it's in yeah. these different graphic novel collections and stuff like that. So, if you really want to read along with the with the show, it means buying a couple books and just reading parts of them and things like that. Yeah, but, it's it's so
1: a little strange.
0: You know, someday we'll get to a two thousand and three when you could be able to just buy all these things straight from the uh, Rebellion store. But anyhow. <laughs>
1: Hooray!
0: Yeah. If you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in the Judge Dredd Complete Case Files, number six, Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth, number one, Robo Hunter the Droid Files, two, and the Harry 20 and the High graphic novel. Uh, also, the Abelard Snaz story we're covering this week is in the Complete Alan Moore Future Shocks. And um, the rest, of the future shocks, aren't really anywhere. I think what the star is in 2000 AD Extreme Edition 11, which is also sort of out Jesus. of print. Um, but everything else hasn't really been reprinted at all.
1: So hey, go and buy every singular one of those things.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, do do what's right. But I just want
1: to, <laughs> I just
0: want to, <laughs> I just want to
1: feel s- is right.
0: I just want to say that that it's available. All right. <laughs> Any yeah. Anyhow, Fox. Oh man! Let's I get hope, to it. yeah, I hope that your uh, that your musical sense is still in a very high gear because we're heading out to through one Robo Hunter.
1: Play it again, Sam, part six. Yeah, it doesn't they, end this
0: month. No, multi. This is a multi-month uh, storyline. It's yeah, so a script robot, Alan Grant, and John Wagner's Grant Grover. Art robot Ian Gibson, letting robot Steve
1: Potter. So, yeah, here we go. And, hey, I guess let's just kick this off by saying, Hoagie, you're not coming with us.
0: Yeah, Hoagie has been rebuilt to be super smart, and Sam is not feeling it. Uh, He he leaves the uh, brain bot behind as he heads out to join the Human League uh, by going to a robot owner's club. I don't know, which is which is
1: like a bunch of like old grannies,
0: yeah, like society ladies, basically, mm-hmm. and they're talking about like making friends with your robot and stuff. Uh, it goes on for a little while, and Sam stands up, raises raises his hand, and asks a question, sp- says the only robots are dead, the only good robots a dead robot. and Oof. sings it out to uh, the tune of "Roll
1: Out the Barrel," <laughs> which, hey man, gets a lot of. Random debris thrown at him, like glasses, and hairbrushes. Yeah, and even
0: purses, at... umbrellas. Yeah,
1: the old you know, just you throw all their, right the
0: all their junk at him, and he runs out. <laughs> um, but he's pulled aside soon after by a shady character who, to the tune <laughs> of the Chattanooga Choo Choo, uh, leads oh, him man. to the sewers where there's a human league meeting being led by Kid?
1: Really? The, the just baby that never dies. Also, I like that shady looking character means that you just wear a trench coat.
0: Definitely. Yeah, he's giving kids singing.
1: Kid is giving singing lessons in the sewers. <laughs> it seems right, as he has on what appears to be a robe and a burning cross.
0: It's definitely got a lot of imagery going on with it for sure. So, Kid's the leader of the local human league cell, and he does not want Sam there. Um,. He tries to kick him out to the tune of "Hello Dolly," but instead it's like "Goodbye, Slady. <laughs> but the uh, but the grunts respond with a song saying that Sam should stay to the tune of "We Ain't Got Dames." Like,
1: who do we need? We need Sam Slade. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Like, there's there's a, an interesting amount of back and forth, which. Uh, I guess just pushes Kid to say yes.
0: Yeah, I That's mean, fine. yeah, it sort of ends up with that. In the end, S- S- Kid agrees to take Sam along, but he better pull his weight because they're meeting up with several other cells and they're going to free the Human League prisoners from the police station. They strike up the uh, the familiar Teddy's Bears picnic song once more and head out to destroy some some droids. <laughs> So next up, Sam, with the re- with the rest of the Human League, attacks the police station again to the tune of Teddy Bear's Picnic, while the cops all worry to the tune of Delilah by uh, by, by the uh, Tom Jones song. One even just hiding in a drawer. Yeah, I should mention that this is like uh, the the tune to Delilah, the Tom Jones songs, and not the uh, the uh, Plain White Tees song from Twenty Two Years in the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a good bit where Kid finds that police sergeant in the drawer, and the sergeant says "Hello, hello, hello," and the uh, and Kid shoots him, saying "Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye," which I always appreciate. <laughs> um, just uh,
1: more slapstick humor. Wow. Well, yeah, because like there's just a rampant murder going.
0: Yeah, hello, hello, hello is sort of the uh, it's it's, a, it's like the catchphrase of um of 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 bobbies and like British policemen, you know, when they could have come <laughs> up on you, uh, being villainous with your friends or whatever they just show up and they're just hello 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 yeah exactly yeah that's the only it's one of the few things that's really filtered through to america from here also except oh wait except that like 80 percent of all police detectives are like middle-aged ladies that have tv that have various tv shows and the tv show is just their last name basically oh that's amazing (laughs) anyhow that's just what i know from netflix anyhow um (laughs) The League the, the The Leaguers free their comrades from the cells, but several of them point to Sam Slade as a robot hunter who got or a, a robot lover, I should say, who got them arrested in the first place.
1: Hey, what the F-man? Why is he helping us now?
0: Yeah. Sam has to think fast, and uh it was that running with the human league that led him to see the light against alien- against uh robots. And he still uses a robot cigar because It's like when he bites the tip of the cigar, he's biting the butt out of a robot.
1: (laughs) And, you know, kid's not really buying that.
0: Nope. But uh, the boys do make a fair point that Sam just killed, like, 20 (laughs) Robocops. So he's (laughs) allowed to live for now, basically, as the Human League makes its escape. Afterwards, orders come from the higher-ups... And we start a robot destroying rampage to the tune of the Hokey Pokey, which we in America call the Hokey Pokey. Fox.
1: Oh, all right then.
0: Yeah, it's re- regional differences, living it up. Um, <laughs> Sam is upset though because he's really not making any progress and moving up the league, like like you know, finding the uh, the the guys behind it and stuff. I mean, so- it's been like a night. No, man that that montage like is like a couple weeks. Really? Of the Hokey Pokey, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a couple week long hokey pokey.
0: That's right. So it's a it's a week it's a multi week hokey pokey of, of of violent rampages, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of robots.
0: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyhow, it's time for him to make a move. He tells everyone he's got a big old plan, um, but he'll only get and explains. Uh, it's existence, the tune of Save the, Lance, the Last Dance for me, but he refuses to, to actually tell anyone the plan. He'll only tell it to the head honcho. Kid agrees, and we might be in business.
1: Well, because it, his reasoning is actually the most sound reasoning. So yeah. Why would I tell Kid? Kid would literally steal it, say that it's his own. So, Absolutely. You. Yeah. you. So uh, next time, take it from the top. Oh man.
0: Just some good robot destruction and singing in this uh Robo Hunter story, man. I I'm I, having a lot of fun with this.
1: I am I've been reading all of the lyrics and it's been pretty good. And real, uh, yeah. I imagine like real difficult.
0: It definitely yeah, like like I think I've said before and I think you agreed with this. Yeah, it seems like it's just upping the degree of difficulty for writing the the the, the story, you know. We're like Honestly, I I wonder if it also lowers the degree of difficulty because it means that instead of um a a, a, a conversation taking like two sentences, now it takes a song, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, that sort of lowers like it back bad down, bad you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, also but 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 making the songs themselves seems like it's got to take a lot of work, or at least a, a reasonable amount of work.
1: Man, I'd love to see Mean Arena the Musical. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you're in the second act, the purpose of the, uh, of the stage play would have changed three times. God, that's,
0: th- that's the key. But speaking of a uh, of, uh, comic staying on course, Fox. Ooh, oh. It's Thrill 2, Harry 20 on the High Rock. So, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Alan Davis, letting robot Tony Jacob.
1: Okay, so. Oh, man, we're getting real close.
0: Yeah. Harry 20, Genghis 18, and Ben 90 plan their escape as Big Red 1, Route 66, and 77 Sunset plan to muscle (laughs) in on that escape. But suddenly, Magnifico Seven gets noisy. He hates this food. He hates it. Um, he kicks all the soy slush that everybody has to eat every day all over the place until the guards finally like shoot him. Basically, um, dude, they miss, and Harry holds him steady because he's gone. He's gone stir crazy,
1: man. I don't. I had to shoot at that guy. I'm real mad at all of you. So Harry and also Ben, you guys just take that crazy Mexican man to the infirmary. Yeah,
0: they take where, him. Where I
1: guess just like plot happens.
0: Yeah, they take him there and he's strapped down. While they once they've strapped him down, Harry and Ben take some time to check the parachutes that Ben has been making, and they return to see that Magnifico Seven has been faking this the whole time.
1: He's like, "Man, don't you get it? I could totally get to earth by saying a bunch of crazy shit because they don't got doctors up here for crazy people."
0: Yeah. She mentioned I mention, I've, I feel like it's obvious, but for the record, Magnifico 17, Magnificent 7, you see what's going on here. Um but yeah man Magnifico Magnifico yeah he's been acting loco to get out of here which as we all know Fox is called one flew over the cuckoo's nesting Uh, he's gonna one flew over the cuckoo's (laughs) Cuckoo's nest his way out of here But Uh, the problem, though, is that just like in the actual one flew over, uh, uh, flew over the cuckoo's nest. Going to mental, going to mental care isn't the sweet ride you think it is. Instead,
1: you get shot. Your ass gets shot to the moon.
0: Yeah, you get shot to to a to a basically a freaking insane leper colony on the moon.
1: (laughs) Dude, the guy who's touching him at the end really freaks me out. Yeah,
0: it's real bad. Um, Yeah, basically. Magnifico Seven gets sent to a prison on the moon where I'd say the least terrifying guy is this angry dude in a Napoleon costume. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's a lot of...
1: He is the least...
0: Freaky dude. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes that look like the uh, human version of a uh, Munch's The Scream, like that oh, that painting. Yeah. They're like bald and a very like smooth heads and and long
1: fingers that are just no good. Uh, <laughs> and man, how do we all know that this is going on? Because uh, it's it's because <laughs> it's being televised. It's being don't <laughs> all the prisoners.
0: Yeah, Warden World, Worldwise comes on the screen. Just
1: FYI, no escape. Deep from the high rock. It's great. There's a reason they call him Worldwise Man. Because uh, he's the he most evilly cool. evil man. <laughs> Definitely one hundred percent. So Can't get off my rock. No
0: way. So Fox, there's only one big problem remaining for the for the trio, which is getting the shell of their ship out of the high rock itself so that they can blast off.
1: Um, Man, there ain't no easy way to do that. How are we going to do that? No
0: way. Luckily, Ben90 has stolen some gigantic scissors for this purpose. <laughs> step,
1: step! Which, step, step! <laughs> which, which really, like, I don't know if I would trust someone who talks that way. <laughs> it's true. with but, scissors.
0: <laughs> but the plan is on, so Ben uses his giant scissors to cut the power lines. <laughs> which
1: apparently is easily accessible through the workroom.
0: And I guess just the light part of the power lines, not the kill us all in space parts of the power lines. <laughs> Very important (laughs) distinction between these lines. Yeah. So anyhow, under the cover of darkness and reduced gravity to the to the space station, uh Harry and Genghis pull their full size and fully assembled space capsule out on (laughs) through the airlock and to the prison's blind spot, all with minutes to spare. So yes, uh this the power's off in terms of light and gravity, but not in terms of air and airlocks. (laughs) So whatever. (laughs) (laughs)
1: day oh. <laughs> hey, man space magic or something Electric definitely magic yeah
0: um the numbers almost make it back when the lights go on and things look bad but then big red one just straight up pushes a guy off the balcony which uh, causes him to die and gives some cover for our guys and that's two they own big red one
1: hey man this guy's seeming like he's on the level even though he's probably definitely not on the level
0: but why? Anyway, uh, Ben observed that there's a massive monsoon on Earth below, and the cloud cover could mask their escape onto Earth. It's almost time to go until Big Red messes it up somehow. Sorry, unless Big Red messes it up somehow, I should say.
1: <laughs>
0: but anyhow, yeah. yeah, things are ready to go. Uh, let's stop fooling around and get off this rock. As as we say before we start the show every week, uh, let's stop not doing it and start doing it. Uh,
1: and the way that we do it in this case is we wait for the most racist opportune time to happen and then shove that racism in that racism.
0: Exactly, man. Yes, yeah, so listen. Uh, they do do the thing where they all put their hands in and say, stop the world. We want to get on, which I appreciate. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so Harry's <laughs> kind of worried about Toadie, about Big Red, even Warden wor- Worldwise. But man, they're going. So soon afterwards, Harry pushes Genghis into a guard, and a giant fight breaks out with Big Red and his goons joining in, and then just sort of a, a
1: block two wide riot, basically. <laughs> um, so much so that they that uh, uh, what's his name, Chief Thrower just comes by with a bunch of dudes and just sprays sleeping gas over uh, guards and prisoners.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everybody's on punishment detail, and that's fine with Harry, because it gets them able to use the ship. This is it. Stop the world. We want to get on. Like I said, uh, the boys make final... Ad- <laughs> so on prison detail in their spacesuits and stuff. The boys make the uh, the final adjustments and Harry begins the firing sequence when Big Red, Root, and Sunset arrive and try to muscle in on the ship. Oh, hell no. Uh, Harry fights them off but has to do it alone because now the ship is on a 20-second timer. And he figures even if he has to stay behind... At least Genghis and Ben will get off the rock. Harry. Looking
1: after his bros. Yeah,
0: Harry hefts his pickaxe and turns to take on the killers.
1: Uh, I will say one of my favorite things about them going into space, and they've Mm -hmm. done this each time now, is that they don't actually have communicators between them. Right. They just have these really shitty spacesuits. So the whole time these things are going on, like it's just their own thoughts and them communicating, like through body language and yeah. stuff. it's it's really neat
0: yeah it, it, it's one of the interesting space things that that's sort of going on with this story for sure mm-hmm. so the fight begins but after a few swipes the pod's engine flares sending everybody flailing uh. Uh, in the confusion genghis gets out grabs harry and pulls him into the ship three two one blast off Oh, man, we out of here. The capsule makes its way back to Earth, traveling through Earth's atmosphere and successfully deploying its parachutes.
1: Hey, good job, everyone. We mm. all really came together on that. We've, we've landed in some water. Yeah. Let's open up this damn hatch.
0: With a spadoomp, the
1: capsule
0: lap lands in the <laughs> sea. The boys take off their masks and celebrate in the open air. They're free men, the first ever to escape the high rock.
1: Now the real question begins, so, hey guys, like, landing in the ocean, I mean, that was possible because people were looking for them back in the
0: day. It's true, as we'll maybe see next time with
1: Hark Hark, a hungry squark! Oh. That's explanative. I understand completely what's going on now. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, oh
0: man, we're, re- we're real close to this uh, Harry 20 on the High Rock twist, and I'm pretty excited about it, Fox. <laughs> really? <laughs> Anyhow. Oh. Yeah, but speaking of, of twists, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of just futuristic ways to live, it's Thrill 3, Judge Dread. So, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant as T.B. Grover. Art robot Carlos Suscara, John Cooper, and Ron Smith. Letter robot, that Tom Frame. Aw, oh, Timmy, Timmy, Tommy. So, everything's awesome at the Mega City One Christmas Parade, Fox. At least hey, until until a cybernetic rad beast that was once Bismo attacks attacks Santa Claus looking for <laughs> replacement bits. He needs bits. Um, Dude, he
1: just crushes Santa's trachea. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he base and it, like when he says he needs like replacement flesh, he's basically just like ripping meat off of people and just trying to like smack it into his body. And but as he does, even if that would work, he's so irradiated that the flesh becomes like full of radiation and stuff, and is useless. You know, it's and,
1: just all goopy and
0: gross. And just I don't think like chest skin is plug and play. You know, like I feel like. You've got to like do a surgery or something.
1: Well, because like everything that they talk about, like in this story, is like oh, in like the boxes, it's like he's just parts now. He's got no human brain. It's just yeah. parts trying to do get whatever. More yeah, parts. he's not.
0: He's definitely not not reasoning. You know,
1: no. But I mean, these are not very good computers either. Arguably,
0: mm-hmm. so a uh, dreads on the case. The Rad Beast finds his way to a mass Carolyn being held at the Apocalypse Monument.
1: Which is such a beautiful monument.
0: It's a giant mushroom cloud with like these people will be remembered, you know. Um,
1: well, it says peace to all around it. Right? And I'm like, what, the fuck? <laughs> Dread- what is being said by this monument?
0: It's true. Dread chases the monster all the way up the side of the giant mushroom cloud. Uh, Bismo demands more flesh and Dread says, request denied, which is the same thing he said when that uh, East Meg judge asked him to not destroy Mega City One, you know? (laughs) Weirdly rhymes there.
1: Um, And he just fires a bunch of high X and takes the rad beast down, basically. Um, Hey, man, sometimes you just gotta blow up what isn't a human anymore, I guess.
0: I feel like you gotta do that a lot. Um, the decontam squads <laughs> come out along with the med squads as another Christmas arrives at Mega City 1. <laughs> oh man.
1: And then my favorite part of this fucking dread oh, yeah. shit, shit happens. This is awesome. Yeah.
0: A man in a trench coat goes to buy a copy of the Megapolitan newspaper, but pays with a two Kazan piece. He's an East Meg judge!
1: They were pretty quick to change out the money, huh?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, maybe just, I mean, because c- that was a war marshal, right? Even before oh, he fair. killed, like, the the comperat, the uh, the dictocrat or whatever it was called. So, so he's got
1: commemorative coins, maybe? Yeah,
0: like, you know, maybe they just move, cycle their money around a lot so they make ones that just have whatever the current hero of the people is or something. I don't know how Russian money works, buddy, especially not future Russian money. Hey, man.
1: <laughs> that's
0: SOV money all right oh sorry i don't know how i don't know how soft sit money works buddy <laughs> you go know? get your facts straight these guys changed from from the ussr to the volgans to the soft sits there's just a lot going on oh, you know oh god yeah <laughs> fucking facts anyhow <laughs> um so this East Meg judge attacks the news agent, but a security gate drops and Dredd is summoned. The uh, the, ju- the judge blasts the news agent and two citizens who try to make a citizen's arrest, which it's is illegal smart. in Megacity 1. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dredd arrives on the scene and the East Megger fires gas bullets to cover his escape. Uh, more judges arrive and take away the bodies and it's confirmed to be an East Meg judge. Uh, which is weird, of course, because the war's been over for like six months now.
1: Where's this guy been? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then like wiggly lines, and then like flashbacks.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we see him getting knocked out during the early stages of the Apocalypse War, and apparently he's been hiding out in the Joe Bugner Block Stadium. Uh, Joe Bugner was yeah. his boxer guy. He went he went fifteen rounds against Muhammad Ali in Kuala Lumpur. Anyhow, um, <laughs> all right then. Ever since, even after the end of hostilities, he's he's been up there.
1: And believing that all of these people coming back and celebrating or the new uh, sports games that are going on yeah, and stuff like, are all just elaborate shows to make him think yeah, like that the, the, the war is over. The
0: celebration of victories and then the return to normal life is all just freaking psyops for this one dude. as a apparently
1: Um, he's real convinced of it so much so that when everyone's gone he's going through and picking up all of their like leftover popcorn and bubble gum and and scum basically he's
0: he's living on discarded popcorn at this point Um, well and
1: and then makes comments about he's just like man these the waste of of these capitalists yeah <laughs> I'm like, Gee, oh God, what the fuck do they feed you on stuff?
0: S- seriously. He also finds and listens to a discarded audio magazine tape for Megapolitan. And as well as like recipes and news of the day and stuff, he really enjoys the Agony Annie advice <laughs> column. Yeah, um, he sends her a letter asking for advice about his situation. You know, an East <laughs> Meg Judge trapped behind enemy lines in Mega City One, and she blows him off, saying he's crazy and the war has been over for months.
1: Well, he does only give her two. He sees only two options: either a remain in hiding, or b wage a one man guerrilla war behind <laughs> enemy lines. Well, yeah, that seems no like the only options. Ones like
0: well you're gonna surrender like some kind of coward and in- integrate saying, into life and in, in decadent capitalist megacity one
1: <laughs> i'm just saying like you know i've i've seen enough uh, judge judy and that other woman what was on the radio forget her name Laura, Doctor Laura, oh, no. Doctor Laura. I've listened to enough Doctor Laura in my life where you don't come with specific questions. You keep that shit open ended. Oh, I feel just so like more of an tear your ass apart. More of an
0: Ann Landers than a Judge Judy, I must say. Oh,
1: sure, yeah, it's
0: an advice column, but yeah. anyhow, <laughs> this sets angles off, and again, he will once again wage you war. Don't say
1: starting with Megapolitan, which let me tell you. Gets blown up real fast.
0: Yeah. Angles arrives at Megapolitan, claims it as a war target for East Meg 1, shoots up the place, and then sets up explosives and blows it all up. Uh, Dread talks to Agony Annie in her hospital bed. She (laughs) remembers the letter, but dismissed um, Angles as a nutcase, and he is a dangerous one.
1: Well, and specifically, he's like, you know, that withholding information is an offense, right? And she's like, oh.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, So the uh, the crime lab is able to um, basically uh, isolate all the background sounds from Nikita's uh, call because he sent an audio Using call space to magic. him. Yeah, well, I would say that this is a uh, fugitive in the the tape. If you remember the uh, the Harrison Ford, Timmy Lee Jones fugitive movie, where oh, where they do this? My God. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Anyhow, um, they're able to figure out that they're at that stadium, and Dredd is sent to take him down, and of course in the middle of a, of a jetball game.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, why wait until the place is cleared out, I guess?
0: Never. Angles is hiding in the air ducts, but Dredd is able to commandeer a jetpack and take him down.
1: Mind uh, you, this is after a judge loses his life, and several,
0: uh, like... Good Steady amount of he's yeah. get blown
1: up. with grenade.
0: <laughs> Engels dies secure in the knowledge of East Meg One's ultimate victory, not knowing that Dread has in fact wiped the city off the face of the map, off the face of the earth.
1: Well, and there's like this, there's this like heart to heart moment. He's like, I couldn't, I can't tell him about this. That would yeah. be so horrible. Let him just like have this.
0: Someone actually, s- someone actually in the letters calls Dread on doing this. And uh, like said, like he doesn't have the heart to tell him. And Thark said, "That's right. He didn't have the heart because Dread is heartless." Which I thought was a weird way to, of answering that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it looks like the war is finally won. But if all the East Meg One guys had fought like Nikita Angles, maybe Mega City One wouldn't have won the war.
1: Joe's words himself, man. Like. Obviously respected this crazy dude.
0: Yeah, man, he killed a lot of people and like evaded them for like a, lo- a while, which is pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so not unlike something he's
0: done. It's, it's very true. Yeah, I guess hiding in the air ducts as someone tries to take you down is also dieharding through a stadium, although because <laughs> it's literally air ducts. But I feel like oh, was there like like was Snake Eyes diehard in a stadium like that 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 that, that Nicholas Cage movie? Like, oh man! There's a couple. There, there are diehard in the movies that I'm, I'm forgetting. Like, like Ronan had part of that, but whatever. Anyhow, <laughs> um, not everything has to be a movie. I guess a, a movie gerund. No, but, but I mean that that's the fun way to do it. Anyhow, finally, uh, Ron Smith. So that, that last, there um, was like Ascarid uh, finished up the Rad Beast. Uh, John Cooper, I thought did, did a pretty good job um, with the uh The Last Invader. I like that story a lot and I thought the artwork was 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 real good with it. And then uh Ron Smith takes over for this for the start of the Shantytown storyline.
1: Which is real fucked up.
0: Yeah. Dread catches a bunch of perps sneaking into the city through the ruins of the western city wall of Mega City 1. He guns them down, and then he and a team of judges inspect the corpses. It turns out that they're organ leggers with freezer packs full of spare parts and one live boy. Because I guess
1: why not? Like, for his parts?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely for his parts. Um, So where'd he come from? Shantytown, which is this giant city that is built up outside the wall on the western side of Mega City 1. It's full of survivors of the Apocalypse War, more than a million refugees with no space inside the city and where they become easy prey for criminal gangs.
1: Is, is it just because they're still rebuilding parts of the
0: city, or...? I think so, and because I feel like there was that big section in the Apocalypse, or, or there was a section in the Apocalypse War where there were people, like, leaving the city as it was being um, done mm. taken over by, by the Savs and, like, dred- and, like, one other judge said, like, hey, it's illegal to leave the city, and Dredd's like, let them, g- like, you tell them, I got bigger fish to fry, you know? Ah, gotcha. So I wonder if maybe leaving this, you know, even though it was during a war and stuff, if leaving the city doesn't, like relinquish your citizenship maybe or something weird like that or it's just like once you've been in the cursed earth it sort of creates certain like like just existing out there kind of creates a quarantine problem like you've been exposed to various kind of cursed earth like the like the air and the ground in in the cursed earth is messed up enough that, that you can't come back unless you have taken special procedures before you leave or something like that
1: Fucking fair.
0: I mean, whatever right. you know. It basically they've left the city and and they can't come back. Is 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 what it seems like. Um, we mm. see one specific family that has apparently been selling itself piece by piece to organ leggers to get enough money to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see them like they've all got like fake. They've Eyes all like missing. lost their limbs. They've uh, got oh like the a uh, father and mother both have one eye missing and stuff like old their the old the old grand like says she'll she'll like just give herself to the organ leggers and the dad's like they don't want like old bodies basically <laughs> um, yeah so instead they decide to sell their son to the organ leggers for money and oh it's just real sad fox it's real like heartbreaking basically
1: it's like this uh They've got two panels where he's just silently walking, his child strapped to his back, and he's just crutching along Yeah, and hands his kid over.
0: So, Dredd has had enough of this lawlessness, and he gets Chief Judge Magruder to okay the cleanup of Shantytown.
1: Oh, and by by getting her to okay, what he means is he walks into her office and says hey, this shit's uh, real dumb, and she says agreed, and then she immediately says, you can choose however many people you want for your squad, and whatever you choose to do is completely yeah. fine. You've by got me. a
0: free hand, Joe Dredd. Um, so... <laughs>
1: Which just seems like a bad idea.
0: Man, well, he knows what he's doing. He, uh, I mean, at this point, like, there's no bigger, like, 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 like figure in the city of the Justice Department than Judge Dredd, right? Especially after the events of the Apocalypse War, but even after, like, Judge Cal and stuff. Like, you know, Dredd's the most senior judge, essentially, especially the most senior uh, street judge.
1: That's exactly why I wouldn't just say do what you want, because last time. I mean, he just kills a lot of people.
0: I feel like you and Magruder have different priorities. That's all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, because so, I'm a, I'm a like, you know, the the mayor's up my ass on this one, pounding the desk, swearing kind of cop.
0: Yeah, you'd uh, never wear sorry, a pair yeah. of a, a pair of skull earrings. That's all I'm saying. Um, that's right. But so, Dredd leads a team of judges out to do so, including Judge Hershey and a couple uh, other characters from the uh, from the Apocalypse Squad. They post a notice that all uh, lawbreakers will be punished accordingly by order of Dredd. <laughs> oh. Soon afterward, Dredd's, Dredd finds that family that sold their son, and they've all died from eating contaminated food because there's no controls for it out here in Chantytown. So it's just bad all over. Next time, damnation walk. God. All right, then. I love this. This is a such such a heavy story, especially the start of it. I just feel like the, uh, just the way that they show like the poverty and just the depressingness of the shanty town really makes me want to be like, um, see Dread really clean this place up, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And I'm excited. And, and the story ends up actually kind of being kind of uh, funny and interesting. So I think that'll be good too. But anyhow. Okay.
1: I, I was hoping that it wasn't just like wholesale slaughter of a whole lot of people.
0: No, 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 no. It's not. It's not just that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, not just, huh?
0: Yeah. But speaking of things that um, might not get a little funny by the end, you it's non thrills, covers, nerve center, and pop culture robots. Yay! <laughs> so two ninety seven, DROCK! The Rad Beast's been sucked into the fancy dress parade!
1: (laughs) Which is a really great
0: line. Yeah, Ascara draws what is at once a funny and horrifying cover. Yeah, that's a real weird guy. Honestly, the rad beast's missing teeth are kind of messing me up. I gotta yeah, that's say. what
1: grosses me out the most too, man. It's not even the eye or half the nose.
0: Yeah. Um, so letters suggest a different magazine format. They ask about Raddy's brain or his hat, and there's a, a top ten list. Also, uh, Mike uh, Soutman of Oxford dares to say that Dred's shoulder eagle looks silly.
1: Get out of here! Oh, hey, man. <laughs> That's possibly one of his best accoutrements. It's true. Uh,
0: Mid-Prog, there's a recap of 2000 AD and 1982. For a longer version, of course, please see Space Spinner 2000, episode 76 through 91, inclusive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: anyhow, thrill power is currently up to 97%. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, this pr- the the prog ends with Rojaw's listing his top films of 1982. Uh, number one is Tron, then E.T., Rathicon Dragon Slayer.
1: It's I don't know, man. I I mean, because we've said this before, I don't know if I'd put Tron first. I mean, I, I feel- also didn't see it. In a theater, and as a child, I got to e- say, was so yeah, much more striking for me.
0: Like looking back on it through the lens of history, I'd say um, E.T. certainly like way more significant, even if it hasn't had sequels yeah. and stuff like that. Just the you know the fact that for a long time it was the highest grossing movie of all time and stuff like that mm-hmm. has a lot more history behind it than Tron at this point. But I could also see being a uh, like a sci-fi magazine for like uh, kids and their like. Um, Pre-teens and early teens, and like Tron just has to be the number one. You can't there's no other choice almost. Yeah. <laughs> just because of, of of what the audience is and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, stay tuned in 1983 for Revenge of the Jedi, Superman 3, Dark Crystal, and Crow. Oh, man, so many of those are good. It's true. Uh, finally, there's the first half of a 1983 calendar, this time starring uh, Dr- uh, Judge Anderson is drawn by Brett Hewins. Hubba hubba. Man,
1: one half, yeah, one half of the hottest judge. <laughs> um, this calendar, like last year
0: or two, and I think previously also, does this weird thing where the days, in the, uh, where the days of the week are vertical, um, and it's hard for me to read, yeah. it, just in comparison to other calendars. <laughs>
1: It definitely saves them the space that they're looking for, but,
0: yeah. That's weird. Pretty, very um, strange. Yeah. The next time this calendar, by the way, will be usable, Fox, is in 2022, and then again in 2033. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's when the w- when the days will match up again. Um, so, in that is, 298... That is
1: bizarre information. I, I, like
0: I, I went to look it up. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, 298,
1: yeah. death to the enemies of East Meg 1. Says so a like, glowing, green spiritus Hulk man.
0: Yeah. Uh, John Cooper drawing a ghostly cover for The Last Invader. In the nerve center, Double O Tharg, who's got a gun coming out from behind the rows of Sirius. Yeah, it's Uh,
1: real good. I get that joke.
0: Definitely, he's getting us hype for 1983 and letters enjoyed uh, Destiny's Angels. There's they report yeah. seeing an, an issue of a 2000 AD on a TV show called Educating Marmalade, <laughs> and what? I don't know. All and right. they continue to yell at DJ One for this thing that he said in uh, Prague a couple uh, months ago. Mid-Prog. All right, then. We've got things to come in 1983, including Nemesis Book 3, Slain, Skiz, and, of course, more and more Judge Dread. Cool. Uh, DJ One managed to avoid controversy this time with another Mega Sounds. This one it's mostly about Thomas Dolby's sci-fi fandom, a Captain Beefheart joke, the techno group Yazoo, and how Phil Oakley, the lead singer of the Human League, loves 2000AD, which further makes me wonder why they didn't use, why this Human League doesn't sing a Human League lo- song in RoboHunter. What the hell? Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: And the Human League's
0: real good. Yeah. a real so, good band. Totally. This prog ends with the second half of the 1983 calendar and the <laughs> lower half of Judge Anderson.
1: <laughs> Hello,
0: knee pads. Yeah. 299, Stop the World. I want to get on. This is an iconic 2000 AD cover by Alan Davis for Harry 20. Um, though I would say the best Harry 20 covers next episode. <laughs> oh, Anyhow, God. in the nerve center, Tharg is getting hyped for Prague 300. A lot of getting hyped this, ep- this episode. And he mentions that Prague's 200 to 299 were pretty good, and I got to agree. Um, mm-hmm. Letters talk of uh, t- talk about going to uh, comic marts to get cheap progs, uh, reading progs huh. at high altitudes, how one kid's family w- won't let them read 2000 AD until they've all read it, and people wondering oh, wow. how Dread's helmet stays on. Whatever, buddy. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's a helmet.
0: Yeah. MidProg Specs is back with a sci-fi book scan with reviews of books by A. Bertram Chandler, Peter Marsh, and Poole Anderson. I haven't read any of them, but they seem like a good pulp sci-fi, I'd say. Yeah. There's also a um, an action video or... Oh, oh yeah. It. There's an action video entry with reviews of Tron Deadly Discs and some games by Activision. They give... Uh, mega mania higher billing than pitfall which i think is kind of funny historically just because pitfall yeah. is just this really iconic atari game right
1: pitfall is the atari game
0: absolutely you. yeah so but that brings us to 300 prog oh. 300
1: you guys oh man yeah, we finally <laughs> got here it's so beautiful
0: yeah. One 300 down. God knows how many to go. <laughs> mm. There's a free Judge Dread badge for all readers in uh, non international. Um, there's no nerve center this week. Instead, a photo of Tharg explaining the presence, the uh, premise of the comics, giving some Beetlejuice in terms, and equating you with the badge. And the other big feature, which is a micro prog. Oh, snap. Yeah, basically for the next few weeks, one page of the current issues can be folded together to make a one quarter sized prog one. Um so yeah. this week we start with the front and back covers and then what was inside the front and back covers. So basically like, you know, it's a double sided sort of like two pages that you then sort of fold together and stuff.
1: Wow. Don't do that because it'll depreciate the prog in value. Yeah,
0: I mean, honestly, I don't know how much it, like I feel like we're at this point now where, I mean, probably 300 is, would be worth something just because it's a round number like that. But I yes. feel like any individual prog around this area is going to cost, like, maybe, like, two pounds or something like that, which is okay. Huh. But, you know, not that much on a one-to-one thing, you know what I mean? Just because there's so much yeah, 2000 you. AD, you know? But because, like, yeah, because, like, a, what do I, what, what I want to say? Like a... uh there's there's a couple listings I've seen on eBay of, like, complete sets of 2,000 AD, and mm. they usually cost I, – I forget if eBay uh, nationalized, but they they, they cost, like, 2,000 bucks or maybe, like, 2,200 bucks or something like that. Um, so much money. Which is a lot, but, I mean, it averages out to, like, a dollar a prog, basically, right? Like, you got to remember huh. that it's just a shocking amount of issues as well, you
1: know? <laughs> So <laughs> it's it is a shocking amount of
0: issues, or some would say a thrilling amount. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, Mid prog is a bevy of Tharg art for for the 300th, including Abaltharg, oh, Snaz, Tharg the Fatty, and Ace Tharg. <laughs>
1: I uh I like these. I like Tharg the Fatty. It's pretty yeah, good.
0: Definitely. Everybody likes drawn fatties, I think. That's just a a, a reoccurring thing in 2018. <laughs> like, I
1: like that the wheel is
0: flat. Definitely. Oh man, but speaking of strange things in Europe, Fox, which I would oh, say yeah. 2018 might be. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Thrill for Rogue Trooper. So, script robot Jerry Finley-Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, and Brett Ewins, letting robot Bill Nuttall.
1: Hey, let's uh, let's go on a fox hunt, not fox hunt. <laughs> yeah, not that kind of,
0: jeez, be,
1: be careful, buddy. <laughs> I do. You have no idea how much I have to, like, be cautious around British people. They don their caps, grab some weird horn, and the fucking gun and some dogs and then i'm running through a forest it's like god i'm just trying to get to work
0: definitely i will say that since um we've we've met the the uh, the the limeys the limies, i've done some research on uh, british holiday camps <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I guess, like, the joke is that they were going to say that, oh, like, we've become a red coats. And that was sort of a joke. Cause, like, you know, cause the red coats are what, what you, th- you think of British soldiers being like in, uh, in the American Revolutionary War, right? With like, right. the red things and stuff. But I guess, apparently, like, the name of staff members in, like, British holiday camps are also red coats. Like, if you work at a holiday uh, camp, like, then you ha- have, like, uh, uh, a red coat as part of your uniform and there's like other levels where are like blue coats and stuff like it's 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 kind of a funny thing because there's a wikipedia article on it and it lists some famous people who have been like red coats and blue coats but it does not work very hard to explain what a red coat actually means which i think okay, is man. one of my favorite kind of wikipedia articles i think <laughs> All right. Anyhow, Rogue's going on a raiding party with the specialists from the Lim E branch of Fort Neuro with their uh, top hats and uh, hunting gear and stuff, uh, trumpets. They're going to capture prisoners for intelligence. And have
1: a jolly good time doing it.
0: 100% jolly good. They make their way to the Nort encampment uh, where Rogue spots a Nort officer with a strange medal that turns out to be a Dix E campaign medal.
1: Oh, he was there. We should capture him.
0: Yeah, but before you can tell the the limies about that, um, t- or to grab that, that guy in particular, yeah, the attack starts. Who tears wins. Um, <laughs> the the Dixie vet is uh, hit and wounded, and when Rogue goes to grab him anyway, he gets stopped by the by the limies because uh, capturing a wounded man just isn't sporting.
1: And they, like, shame him for this.
0: Yeah, you gotta be, like,
1: you know, you gotta be honorable, man. I guess. Do you?
0: Yes. If you these guys, true. you do. But it
1: seems like they killed everybody else.
0: Yeah, but they took some guys who weren't wounded prisoner. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. <sighs> That's no I don't
0: exactly I don't
1: understand
0: everything. yeah that's because you don't got good have proper breeding Fox that's what I'm trying to say God breeding God always Christ. tells guys that's you know I think we all know that uh, <laughs> blue blood
1: <baskets.
0: laughs> so um rogue yells at these guys for this and they insult his genetic breeding he's on the outs with the Limies <laughs> It's like really man
1: I'm, you know you can't you can't control who your gene parents were.
0: It's true, uh, but now he's worried that about, about yet another well-planned shock attack against Fort Neuro, just like the Norts did in Dixie. Yeah, so uh, Rogue and the Chips, they're still pissed about not getting the, the Dixie Prisoner and the uh, and the Limmies, or the I don't know, are giving him the cold shoulder as they hang up various trophies. And so they're like, do you hear something?
1: <laughs> oh. oh, I do believe that Rogue Trooper was here, but now he's not.
0: Mm-hmm. In retaliation, Helm lets out a high-pitched scream! That uh, shatters port glasses and the glass of various hunting trophies.
1: This um, that was really not cool. Apparently. This bring,
0: yeah, this brings out the CEO who confiscates helm to pay for the damages.
1: Down Which, to I, <laughs> I, he just he's his train of logic. No one takes my equipment, but this time I've got to. Do you know how many times he's like just parted with this shit because he feels like he has to?
0: I mean, it happens. Definitely happens sometimes. And you know, those Helms the
1: people inside of those things.
0: Hey, they should be more useful, man. Helm's just a hat, buddy.
1: He's <laughs> I feel not like... just a hat. He's he's also a pillow, and he's good for whapping people.
0: <laughs> I feel like we've changed who's on what side of this argument about Helm, actually. That's pretty fair. (laughs) But anyhow, um, down to just his backpack, Rogue requisitions another robe runner. This one's named Roger or or Roger, uh, complete with a bowler hat and umbrella to lead him to the next sector with Rob Espierre following along. And man,
1: Roger is real stoked to just be able to do this again these all
0: these rogue runners are real happy to just be useful because they've watched these humans just get more and more crazy and less interested in like doing modern stuff you know yeah but so they're headed for the rom sector and rogue wonders what they'll be roman romany (laughs) um as yeah
1: this joke is repeated in the next chapter. <laughs> it's true.
0: Yeah, as the nords watch him on long-range cameras, he goes, "This could cause trouble with their plan, but they've got agents to deal with Rogue
1: who have met him before." Yeah. Note.
0: Absolutely. Uh yeah, so Brett Ewens takes over as Rogue and the robes make their way through a toxic swamp. Rogue again wonders if the ROM section will be Roman or Romany, which I think actually might is, is repeated just because there's that change of artist from Cam Kennedy to Britt Ewans. And I think it's possible that they. Both might have gotten like seen the part in the script with this joke and just both done it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. Uh, and this is as Roger recounts the manly toughness of the Roms early in the war, and then he falls in a pit. Dogs, <laughs> and then he falls in a pit of scum. <laughs> oh
1: God! So I guess Rogue's just got to jump in this pit of scum.
0: Yeah, he's a uh, princess briding this guy out of the swamp. Oh um, my God. <laughs> But so
1: no rodents of unusual size.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think they exist. Um, Rogue man just <laughs> to pull them out, and Bagman does quick repairs. <laughs> Soon enough, Rogue meets the the uh, Rom troopers, and they appear to just be normal guys. But they want to hurry back to the base because it's Saturday night
1: saturday night mean boys
0: at the base they remove their masks and get out the hair gel oh no their co colonel casanova arrives and it's clear that the rom sector is full of disco freak
1: romeos oh no <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do so many a pompadour
0: meanwhile the nords are planning to invade and take out rogue and they're making a plan with a mysterious off-screen
1: person Oh, God. This time it doesn't end with an off-screen, ominous hand.
0: Yeah, there's no hand this time. It's very close to the Tom Tully special, though. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, at Nort High Command, there's two leaders, that general and admiral, that both architected the Dixie uh, um, offense. They're the ones that Rogue almost assassinated that time. Like He killed Mm -hmm. the head of the Sun Legion and the scum soldiers, but the general and the admiral managed to escape. And they're worried that the Blue Battler will once again mess with their plans.
1: So And so, while Rogue stews over a plate of spaghetti and a massive cup of question mark...
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to use sonic cannons to activate sleeper cells within Fort Neuro to kill Rogue, even as their own plan goes into action, which seems to involve like a, a bicorn hat and a bugle, I guess? Yeah. Um, anyhow, back at the Romeo sector, it's time to get your hair right and go nightclub in Colonel in the in the Colonel's custom staff car. Hey, why not? And it's a real nice car. Yeah, it's uh, except that it's one hundred percent full of uh, of uh, aftershave. So they're meeting up with the neighboring scan sector, again, if Rogue can survive the concentrated aftershave in the car. At the border, we meet the scan's leader, Brigadier Bjornborg, and their female soldiers who are all blonde supermodels. All the male uh, 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 scans are um, based on Bjornborg, the the tennis player. (laughs) (laughs) So <laughs> really? Yeah, so it's always a very Scandinavian sector. Ooh. Mm. So a massive bombard sonic bombardment rocks the sector, but Rogue is unconcerned. In fact, he like checks Bagman and starts getting down with the locals. These biochips have been cramping his style. And oh man. the babes uh, some babes. Yeah, the scan babes are like, should we dance Yive or the Bug? And he says both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which
0: All right, then. Yeah. Rogue begins his journey to become a dancing queen, as the Nords remark that one of their agents will surely be within striking distance of Rogue soon, and will kill him as soon as they get the chance. Next time. Blam, blam. Thank you, ma'am.
1: Man, now we know what kind of music Rogue likes, which apparently is disco. I just like how... um
0: Like, yeah, he just meets this sector, and, like, one sector is just guys with pompadours, and the next sector is basically ABBA, you know? Oh, God. Like, I only did one this time, but I feel like everybody should be expecting ABBA puns uh, uh, next episode, because I'm going to try to do a bunch. Really? And there's some in the actual text like I think they call Rogue a super trooper at some point and stuff like that. Oh, that's it great. should be good.
1: <laughs> oh man, that Abba. Exactly. That's huge even in 83, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I think we all remember what like uh what it was? In, it was a real early episode because we were still at the office, and I think oh and we God. had a take a chance as the opening song. I think you sang I, that at me for like two hours.
1: <laughs> I I could not get that fucking song out of my head. You can your mind,
0: your I was just si- sitting at my sit my desk, and fox just fox just comes over and without saying anything else, he'd be like take a chance, take a chance. It
1: was pretty good. Dude, hey, we uh, we had good times.
0: Oh, man. Anyhow. Was,
1: where is that days.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, speaking of uh, crazy stuff in the past, yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Through
1: twisted it to your whatever. Oh, you
0: always, it. yeah. Twisted it till it's snazzy with Thrill 5, Time Twisters, and Abelard Snaz. Again. He's back. Yeah, after a year. So, uh... First off, there is The Star, script robot Chris Lauder J.H.T., art robot Massimo Belladinelli, leather robot
1: Peter Knight. Also, uh, you could just have renamed this Don't Give Scientists Guns.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's October 2493 at the Center for Historical Studies and a pair of doctors are asking their supervisor to travel if they can travel back in time to see what happened in the heavens on a certain night. Their request is denied, but they're going anyway even if the flux generators of the time machine are overheating. They... <sighs> grab their guns and fight past the guards and they go back to 7 BC. But then something goes wrong as they travel back the ship overheats and they go Nova! It turns out that they were the star that led the wise men to Bethlehem on the night of the first Christmas okay yeah it's them and not that mysterious stone that was traveling through the cosmos that eventually landed on the planet with the funnel-mouthed people that would give Dan Dare a (laughs) magic glove and return the Mekon to his powerful youth oh my god space spinner callback What that was that ser- servant of evil thing in the final Dan Dare story? Really? Yeah, there was a magic <laughs> rock, and before it landed on this one planet, it traveled through the cosmos, including being the st- being like signaling the wise men on the first Christmas.
1: Man, I did not remember that. That
0: was a long time ago. To be fair, <laughs> it was like
1: seventy nine. But you know? this was also not good Dan Dare, right? This was no, this is bad. This is bad. Play Yeah, set. yeah.
0: Post battle action playset. Yes.
1: So stupid. Anyhow, everything after that was dumb.
0: It's true, um, and the, everything before it wasn't great. Anyhow, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what there was there was Captain Monday or Mister Monday or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not. I, I'm not going to go to bat for Launch stand there. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> next, the next story is a uh, family trees S- script oh, robot God, Alan Hebden, art about John Higgins, letting robot Pete Knight. So it's the 23rd century now, and Amalgamated Ancestors is changing the world by telling people who their famous ancestors are. It's basically like a slightly more scientific version of past life regression um, <laughs> with kind people of. like dressing up like and being inspired by their famous ancestors. Um, you know, so like, oh, my ancestors, Galileo. I'm gonna go get a telescope and stuff like that. I'm surprised more more people aren't Genghis Khan. Just because I read somewhere that like one in every two hundred men are directly descended from Genghis Khan. But anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyhow uh, amalgamated ancestors is uh, has offered a billion megabucks to anyone who doesn't turn out to have a famous ancestor which seems like a sure thing when you com- compute just how many ancestors someone has if you go back far
1: enough well it's statistically impossible for you not to be
0: to not be, really, be, be, be related to someone famous at some point yeah well no,
1: there's just there's so many people
0: Until this one guy shows up and doesn't have any at all!
1: Oh my god, and he looks like a total
0: loser. It's true. Uh, They go back to Roman times, and his ancestors have just been like peasants, serfs, or slaves, or whatever. Um, Going even further back, they finally arrive at his 90,000 times removed grandfather. A not-quite-human ape who almost uses a bone to invent the first weapon... Uh, that would be uh, 2001-ing his way into the history
1: books. Um, but Instead, tosses it aside only to have another ape man pick it up and kill him with it.
0: That's right. So his famous ancestor was the first victim of the first weapon, and he's got the plaque to prove it.
1: Oh, uh, snap, man. He's, he's really
0: something now that's pretty good i I like he's holding it and you can see some guys in the background sort of pointing at him, like oh yeah let's make him our victim too
1: (laughs) if you notice they're wearing hats one is an axe through his head yeah and the other one is an arrow through his head
0: i think those guys might be famous uh whatever killer dude something who's to say descendant i guess i should say but anyhow next story genius is pain uh, script robot oh, Alan God. Moore, art robot Mike White, letter robot Jack Potter. We last left quadruple eyed genius Abelard Snaz being tossed into a giant whirlpool bath for making giant murderous tennis robots just about a year ago, <laughs> Fox, right. in a uh, oh, prog 254, episode 78. So, as, yeah, but yeah, Abelard Snazman, he's a genius. Uh, created by Alan Moore and Steve Dillon, good guy. No, actually, not actually, kind of really messes up a lot. Um, as he yeah. falls towards the whirlpool, he is teleported away to the office of the manager of the universe. Dude with a
1: pretty long, sick beard. Must be a metal head. Definitely. Uh, Snaz assumes he's in trouble,
0: especially as the manager asks a series of identifying questions that don't paint Snaz in the best light. Um, no. To escape, he builds a neuron whisk out of his wristwatch, and he escapes, along with the other person in, the, in, in his hearing room, an impossibly old guy in a portable hospital bed. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> and... I guess they just go hide in the B-type sun manufacturing chambers.
0: Not a great
1: place to hide.
0: Only the old guy's medical trolley allowed Snaz to survive the sun manufacturing chambers, and now he's sort of comically covered in soot and stuff like that.
1: Well, I guess now the old man is definitely 100% dead. Yeah, but don't worry. no remorse, he returns to the manager.
0: I mean, you know, like, let's not bring it, let us bring us down, buddy, because it's party time. Um... It turns out that anybody who's lived for six million years, which Snaz has, though he spent most of it either in frozen-suspended animation or being cursed by Zeus to solve a gigantic Rubik's Cube, oh, <laughs> God. gets an official song and birthday gift from the manager of the universe. Oh, that's pretty good, man. Snaz opens his gift up, and it's Edwin, his sycophantic robot. Yay. <clears throat> The Manager More and his weird <laughs> robots. The manager and his entourage leaves and Snaz vents his frustration and with this sad, sad ending. I'll also mention that this is the final Abelard Snaz story. Well, wow. all right. Yeah, I'm going to miss this uh, ne'er-do-well genius. I thought this was a really fun sort of series and stuff like that. The first, uh, Al- Alan Moore's first reoccurring character, I think. So it's also sort of, I don't know, got some importance or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I liked him a lot more than other characters we've definitely had before. It, the guy is not a good guy. Yeah. And I'm all right with that.
0: That's fine. He, he seems to own it, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. And then finally we get to, this is your death.
1: Oh my God! It has Mike Dory. Mike Dory's back. He's doing pretty art again. Yeah, script
0: robot Chris Louder as Jack Adrian. Art robot our buddy Mike Dory letting robot Peter Knight.
1: Man, I love the way he draws. Really brutish, massive, strong. Like I really, yeah, definitely skeezy. Like dudes, yeah,
0: yeah. So. Albert J. Weems, a very normal, boring man, is suddenly grabbed off the street by a big dude in a loud coat. This is your death. Yeah. It's our first Mike Dory comic in about 50 progs. The last one was when Rogue Trooper fought those ape dudes back in uh, 257. Um, Mm. And it's also the second to last time that Mike Dory is going to draw in 2000 AD, actually. Oh, so fuck i think it's a good time to really enjoy his dark lines and threatening character work <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh man Weems is brought through a mystic hole in the wall to a weird sound stage where the host, Eamon Anthrax, uh introduces Arthur to various dead relatives and painful memories until he's finally introduced to his murderer. And I gotta agree, I just want to say that you're real I, I really have to agree that this uh Eamon Anthrax character is really drawn to be incredibly like threatening and like big and like scary kind of thing. And it's just oh, really just really well done with the way that sort of Dory's drawn him and stuff like that.
1: Oh, I mean, my favorite part of this uh, is first his shadowed face as he's, like, gesturing over to the man's family who hated him.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: then, uh, like all of the laughing heads as he's, like, screaming.
0: (laughs) Yeah, eventually um, he wakes up in the normal world, and so as such, having seen his murderer, Weems takes precautions to avoid being killed. He goes into hiding. He never leaves his room, but eventually he gets cabin fever and decides to head into town. At the bus stop, he asks when the bus is coming and who should he see but his killer! Oh, looking... Super evil. It's an evil-looking guy. Weems jumps away from him into the path of an oncoming bus.
1: Oh, my God. Now he's been struck and run over, like, a whole lot.
0: Yeah. At the hospital, it turns out it turns out that Weems might survive, as most of his injuries are external. But the doctor in charge decides to turn off his life support anyway because he wouldn't want to live that way. And the doctor is the man from the bus stop. He is Weems Killer! Organ donation cards are just signing your own death warrant! Bam, bam, (laughs) bam! Not actually, dude. Man, you know. Sign up for organ donation. Jesus. (laughs) Anyhow. My God. What a way to go. It's true. And with that, Fox, we finished the, the thrills for January of 1983. Progs, 297 to 300
1: man what a good month
0: yeah i gotta agree good start to the year for sure
1: i enjoyed so much of this it's gonna be kind of hard to pick something on the bottom definitely but choose we must fox <laughs> and so the oh. question remains
0: what were your bottom and top thrills for prog's 297 to 300
1: so i mean top it's still super easy for me that shits Harry 20 on the high rock Oh yeah, yeah. oh fuck I'm really enjoying this thrill so so much um, it definitely because I think we, we mentioned this last time it uh, it definitely doesn't have a lot of fat like mm-hmm. it just moves along so quickly and there's not like uh, you know months go by between us like yeah there's like, definitely uh,
0: a, yeah they're going it, through. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of gets to a montage part and then just like, all right, like, you know, several months later, here we go.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you're really, it feels like a prison escape movie, Mm -hmm. you know, like you'd have a montage or something in there. But then, you know, you're just getting through it because the whole part is the escape, right? Like you're building up, you're building up, you're building up. If you're always building up, then it's going to get real boring. So I I don't know. I'm just still really enjoying it. I want to see where it goes. Now they're in the ocean. uh, I can tell it's kind of almost over. At this point, but, uh, damn, like, it feels like I get through it so fast whenever it's up versus (laughs) other comics that, that, you know, I'm sad because it's so good because I read it so fucking fast.
0: I mean, I'll tell you that we've got, I think, yeah, two more episodes of Harry 20, so it's not, it's got a little bit, a bit more legs for it, I'd say. It's not like, you know, we we haven't gotten to the point where it can end the, the, the way it does end, you know what I'm saying? Like...
1: Gotcha. It's got a little All
0: bit... Right. It's still got some more legs, you know? But what's your bottom for this month?
1: See, that's where it's rough. Like, everything in here is pretty of quality, man. Like, mm-hmm. um, if I'm going to get really discerning, though, like... So, I, I really enjoyed Broke Trooper this month. Um, Time Twisters and Abelard Snaz were not, like, the so horrible thing. Like, it could have definitely done without... Um, you know, they were the star. Yeah. Whatever, that was I lame. Mean, yeah, but.
0: that's, like, I feel like the, the worst time Twisters are the ones, they're just like, hey, you know that historical event? You were that historical event. You know, we've seen that yeah. one. Like, there's that that uh, Future Shock that was about Tunguska. That's basically the exactly same plot and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
1: I mean, we could fucking we could probably name like 10 of them at the very least yeah uh, if we really peeled back through but i mean that's one out of out of four that was really not so good judge dread was like nice and standard Mm -hmm. um and so i I see this with all of like the love in my heart it's going to uh it's going to Hunter. oh bummer yeah it is a bummer because i i really do like it but something that you mentioned while we were talking really stuck out which is like yeah it feels like uh they're not moving along as fast because they're just singing a whole lot so it's yeah an excuse for a lot of like vistas and dancing and stuff like that which i appreciate because it's silly and it's awesome this isn't me saying robo hunter's bad it's just like all right let's get to the meat of this thing sammy
0: yeah i hear you
1: <laughs> so how about you man what's your top and bottom Oh, man.
0: Um, I feel like, you know, I usually don't count Future Shocks as being choosable. So, um, I'd say my bottom is sort of either Robo Hunter or Rogue, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I really, I do agree that I feel like, you know, the songs while they're at work are also kind of... Like, you know, let them get away with just sort of dragging this one out. I mean, this is a, actually ends up being a really long Robo Hunter story. I think it's like 16 progs or something like that. Oh, Jesus. Um, and, you know, Rogue's pretty good. I really like the, uh, this, like the, the Romeo sector and the, um, and then the scans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also sort of like not the best thing, I guess. Um, and there is, and like, I do have to, uh, have to reduce points for that repeated joke, um, yeah. between the, the Roman and the Romany sector of just a bad handoff between, um, Cam Kennedy and, and, and Brett Ewans, I think. Come on, um, guys. Like, let's get it together, everybody. Um, so, but I guess maybe I'll say Rogue this month. Um, mm. but I again, man, all these guys way above the quality line. Like yeah. I just really liked like the Last Invader story, um, and the story Shanty Town and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, for my number one, I'm gonna say Harry Twenty and The High Rock 2, buddy. Um. Dude, yeah. Solidarity on the top. Part. I think we've man. both really been enjoying Harry Twenty, and I think it's been a really fun. Um, story, and just the way they do the tension, and the way things really, like you said, really moving along at an incredibly fast clip, um, really make it a really taut and fun thriller of a uh, of a story.
1: Absolutely, man. Like, I didn't really know how um, Big Red was really going to resolve. I knew it was going to be nasty, potentially, but it could have also been friendly, who knows? Like... Yeah, know what the prison story.
0: For sure. Anyhow, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at SpaceSpinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should... Be
1: there. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe, take a look at us online. Yeah. Use your computer or your uh handphone.
0: Definitely. And then come back next time as uh Sam Slade goes after Iron Aggie. We learn the true time twisted author of Shakespeare's plays. Dread, de- dread declares war on the shantytown. It's beauty okay. contest time for Rogue Trooper and Harry 20 now arrived on Earth and he's just in time for a gigantic twist. Oh, what a twist. Okay. <laughs> Same night, you lion twist. <laughs> Definitely. Until next time, I'm Conrad East Fox and we you know you are Space Spinner 2000. One big birth rigs.